Which Was Better podcast, where every other week I read a book, watch its Hallmark movie adaptation, and decide which was better, the book or the movie. I'm your host, Lisa, and y'all, it's officially fall. Like, it's actually starting to get cooler here in Connecticut, and the leaves are changing, and it's just, it's seriously like the best time of the year. I love it so much. So in honor of what I like to call the best season, because it is, hello, I had to do a couple of fall movies, um, you know, kind of keep it in the spirit of the season. And um, this week, we are going to talk feuding families, vengeful alpacas, public makeout sessions, wildfires, and lots and lots of wine. Um, yeah, we're doing Autumn in the Vineyard, people. Autumn in the Vineyard. Now, this movie has been on my radar for a while now, thanks to Amanda, aka Amanda Marie 74 on Instagram. She had mentioned way back when I first started this podcast that I should cover this one. <laughs> but she was also like, um, be aware that the book is way spicier than the movie, which honestly is not hard to be on Hallmark because hello. But y'all, she was not wrong. <laughs> and I ain't mad about it because, yeah, that book. But we'll get to that. We will definitely get to that. So first, let's do a real quick summary of the book and the movie. Uh, the book Autumn in the Vineyard was written by Marina Adair in 2013 and fe features Frankie Okay, I'm going to I'm going to totally butcher this because it's French and yes, French was my minor in college, but I'm so terrible at name pronunciation. So let me let me slow down here for a second. The book features Frankie Baudouin and Nate DeLuca. It's actually book 3 in the St. Helena Vineyard series. There are like there's 5 books in that main series which each of them following a DeLuca sibling. There's like four brothers and a, and a sister. Um, but there's also a spinoff series of the three books called The Heroes of Helena that follow Frankie's brothers because it's Frankie and three brothers. So there's a lot of siblings happening over there in St. Helena. And um, yeah, there's a whole like a whole world of these books. So I came in on book three. I've never read any of the other ones. Just went straight to book three since that's the one that got made into the first Hallmark movie. So the summary of the book is this. Frankie Baudoin has 100 reasons not to trust Nate DeLuca. First, he's a DeLuca. Second, he kissed her in front of the entire town and then never called. Oh, and he's after her land. Sorrento Ranch is Frankie's last chance to prove to her family and to herself that she has what it takes to be an award-winning winemaker, and she will stop at nothing to ensure her success, even if it means playing nice for the starched, sophisticated, and oh-so-sexy Italian. For Nate, Sorrento Ranch is more than just soil and grapevines. It was his father's dream, a dream Nate is determined to make a reality. So when he finds himself forced to cohabitate with a hot-headed, irrational, and incredibly gorgeous Baudoin, Nate is surprised to discover that chaos could be so much fun, especially when she sleeps in nothing but lace. Okay, y'all, let's get into this book, because I'm going to tell you right now, it took over my life. for a, I, I probably would have read it in one day but I started it on like a weeknight <laughs> and I couldn't stop thinking about it. And it was just like every free moment I had, I was like dialed in. I became obsessed with it. It was one of those books that stayed with me for like days afterwards, just completely obsessed. Um, and it, yes, it is very different from the movie. I mean, yes, we'll get to that, but it is very different in terms of just even the general setup. 
the you know it's it's hard because I I kind of wanted to go back and read the rest of them first before I did this, but I was like, okay, be serious, um, because I'm sure there's so much that's happening in this book that relates to the rest of the world that um, you know the, the series has already started, and especially you know book one and book two, we see glimpses of other couples, and I'm when I went back to read those summaries, I'm like, okay, there they are. So, you know, we get their stories and they all feature within each other. So I'm sure that would add to it. Um, but, you know, this is about two people just trying to find their place in the world because Frankie, oh, my girl Frankie, she has been just absolutely thrown around, kind of used as a bargaining chip her whole life. And um, she's just trying to make it on her own. And Nate, you know, kind of being like the head. Of, I don't know if he's the oldest. I want to say he's the oldest because he's kind of like the leader of the of the pack here, making the big financial decisions. And, you know, he's trying to kind of prove himself to kind of like to the memory of his father and trying to kind of settle this um, rivalry between the two families by getting the Sorrento Ranch, getting this land. And so it, this is, yeah, this is definitely, it's not, I wouldn't say it's true enemies to lovers because they are constantly fighting with each other, but they acknowledge very early on that they have an attraction to each other and they just spend it fighting it, <laughs> which is very fun. Um, the movie um, with the same title, they did not change the title, although they did change names and like names of the people and the town, um, but the movie premiered October 8th, 2016 on Hallmark Channel as part of their Fall Harvest lineup, which now is called Fall Into Love. You know, whatever. I get it. Hallmark has to keep it fresh, you know, just like any other relationship. Um, the summary for the movie is this. When Frankie, played by Rachel Lee Cook, and Nate, played by Brendan Penny, both have a claim to ownership of Sorrento Farm, they are forced to divide the vineyard right down the middle and work the fields alongside each other to bring in the harvest leading up to the Best wine competition at the annual Autumn Harvest Festival. Say that five times real fast. Only this rivalry won't be settled in the fields. Hello, hello. But this is not lifetime, y'all. It ain't going there. Um, so the movie, okay, so yes, between the two, I did see the movie first. I think I saw this when it first came out um in 2016. And I remember really liking it. I remember just liking the setup. I remember thinking that. Rachel Lee Cook and Brendan Penny played well off of each other. I remember liking the story, just, you know, thinking it it flowed really well and it made sense and it wasn't super goofy. And on the rewatch, you know, I'll get to it, but for the most part, it held up. I, I thought it was still a great movie. The, my only issue was, is that it was no longer the book. And now that I've read the book, I'm like, oh, there was so much that other stuff that could have happened. And I'm not talking about the spice. I'm just saying in like, just in general, so many themes that, and just kind of little parts that they could hit on. Um, so, but let's talk characters real quick. So Frankie, Ooh, Frankie in the book, man, she is scrappy. She makes rash decisions. She likes to prove like herself to everyone. This woman like actually walks around with a shotgun and is like, Oh, you don't like it. Let me pull out my gun. How do you like it now? <laughs> um, but I love her. Like I wanted to protect her in the book so much because she has been through just a terrible, terrible life. People just constantly 
like kind of underestimate her and just throw her to the side. And oh my gosh, just everyone in her life treats her terribly. Well, I say everyone, she does have a handful of friends, but for the most part, she's just been thrown around. Um, Her father's dead. So it's her grandfather that she's on the outs with. And she has been straight up kicked out of the family. When we meet her, she has been kicked out of the family and the winery that she's devoted her life to. Um, She basically that's where we find her is kind of like at the, at not really rock bottom, but kind of because she's taken her entire life savings to buy Sorrento, like basically cashed in every chip she's ever had (laughs) to buy this land, to be like, this is what I love and I'm going to make it work. I cannot be with my family anymore. So I'm just going to do it by myself. She has three brothers who all seem super tight with each other, but she's never been like close with them. Um, Like I said, she's always been a bargaining chip in so many family disputes. So it's basically left her alone, like on the outside of her own family. So just her entire life has been an outsider. And because she's been kicked out, you know, this is her last, you know, chance to, to stay in this, this life that she loves. Um, Now in the movie, she's still very strong and determined. And, but it's not so much that this is her last chance though. I mean, she was working with her dad. So in the movie, you know, she's with her dad, her dad's still alive. Her mom's not. Homer loves to throw a dead mom at you. Um, but she's working with her dad. She doesn't know that there's financial troubles and their dad's brought in kind of like a financial ringer to help out and didn't really promote her. So she's like, okay, well fine. I'm going to go see what else I can do. So they're they're kind of the same, but Frankie in the book is like desperate to make her life mean something. Whereas Frankie in the movie is like, well, this stinks. Let me go. And, and she kind of stumbles upon Sorrento and is like, oh, I can buy this and I can try this on my own. And maybe this is like what I need to branch out in the world. There's level, there's a level of desperation in book Frankie that you don't get in the movie. And in the movie, she also doesn't have any any brothers. She's got one friend, fr- one friend. She's got one friend named Hannah, who I think is a mashup of a few characters in the book. But honestly, you know, movie Frankie is obviously hurt that her father brings in someone else and decides to strike on her own. But it's not so much as a, like a stick it to her dad, but more of like a silver lining. So they they both move through the, you know, they're both moving through the world separated from their their families because her her dad doesn't take it well obviously in the movie when she's like oh I bought I bought a ranch (laughs) but book Frankie is basically like I'm just trying to survive and I don't want to get hurt anymore at all (laughs) now Nate all right let's talk about let's talk about my boyfriend Nate here so in the book we know Nate is Italian and he wears loafers (laughs) And why do I say that? Because we are told 11 times throughout the book how Italian Nate is and how he always wears loafers. Because Nate is serious business, capital S, capital B, serious business. He's the buttoned up one. He's the one who went to college and makes like detailed lists, which side note, yes, call me Nate because I love a good list too. He's always charming. He knows exactly what to say and when to say it, except when he's around Frankie. This man loses his mind when she's around. Okay, this is in the book. Okay, he just absolutely loses his mind, not only because he's like obsessed with her, which is my most favorite thing ever, 
but she makes him messy. She makes him make rash decisions and flusters him and that irritates him. He just hates that she has that, (laughs) she has that like effect on him. So in the movie, I mean, look, it's Brendan Penny. What else is there to say? I mean, does he physically resemble Nate in the book? No, not really. Do I care? No, absolutely not. Because <laughs> again, it's Brendan Penny. But I will say this, we we don't get the same level of urgency with movie Nate. Like he, in the movie, he gets irritated with Frankie for sure. Like he's like irritated because they're both trying to, you know, get the land. But I never get the feeling that he was like fighting this like overwhelming, long-standing attraction to her, you know, like in the book. Okay. So both in the book and the movie, they both have a previous relationship, but in the book, it's very quick. Like it was like a kiss when they were growing up and then he turns around and asks somebody else to prom and she's like, great, I will never trust you ever again. (laughs) And in the movie, they make it sound like they had an actual relationship through high school. Like they dated through high school and then they both went their separate ways because he went to college and she stayed or she went to a different college. But like there, I, I never got the feeling in the movie that there was like this constant, like what if between the two, this, you know, just fighting this attraction even though they really irritate each other at the beginning like once they're back in each other's lives but so was there any chemistry in the movie and that's a great question let's talk about it because in the book there's definite chemistry look there's no other way to say it other than these two are just absolutely horny for one another like that's it Anytime they even have a speck of privacy, and even that is debatable because there are times when there's other people around and they don't care. <laughs> well, they it's not that they don't care, but they just get so absorbed in each other that everyone else around them disappears and they do stuff and you're like, hello, hello. Um, but yeah, they can't keep their hands off each other. And Nate is just completely gone for her in the past, you know, Once he kind of left, you know, she's seen him out with the women that are very different from her, that like, quote unquote, safe women who are nothing like Frankie, very conservative, very like, always dressed nice, always knowing what to say, always knowing what to do. And she's the total opposite. Obviously, she carries around a shotgun and it's like, hey. (laughs) Um, But what he doesn't realize is that, you know, he does that for a reason. He dates those people because obviously they aren't Frankie and he can't have Frankie. And so he goes the safe route. But while she sees is he prefers like classy women and that she would never live up to his standards. And in the book, Nate realizes really early on how alone in life Frankie is and how everyone has basically cast her aside or used her or straight up ignored her. And he's like, I am not going to be another person in her life that treats her this way. So he starts to make moves sort of like secretly thinking he's helping her. But meanwhile, Frankie is on the other side of those decisions and they end up affecting her in very, (laughs) very big ways and really altering her life course. And so she thinks that he's always plotting against her. She thinks that they're like legit, like enemies. (laughs) Um, so their push pull in the book is absolutely delicious. Like it should be frustrating how much like they're hot and cold, but it's just the right amount for me 
of pining and attraction and then get away from me. I loved it. So in the movie, yes, there are exes. And of course, Hallmark cannot show you their horniness. <laughs> like they're obviously not. But even so, I still think Hallmark, there was plenty of room to show how drawn to one another they are, even when they're fighting. Like in the movie, we only know them through the setup of the bet and winning the land. And this is true in the book as well. But the movie strips out so much of those family dynamics, the other aspects of the winery, how much they are fighting their attraction for one another. I mean, I will say this when I, I remember when I first watched the movie, I, like I said, I really thought they played well off of each other and I thought it was, it was cute. I did think the chemistry was good, but now reading the backstory of in the book, and I know you can't bring in everything from a book into a movie, but you know, it's just, I think there are ways that Hallmark could have really played up, you know, how much they hate that they like each other. <laughs> So one big difference that stood out to me that I think other than, you know, the physical characteristics or the different characters, the different names, you know, that sort of stuff is there's a final sacrifice in this, you know, in both stories, um, in the book and in the movie, Frankie wins, you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> she wins best wine and the setup for the competitions are slightly different. And that's not, that's not the big deal. But she does win and in both she's comes to give it up. She comes up to give that win back to her family so they get the recognition and thereby, you know, the money, etc. But in the book, when this happens, we have been through the like it's toward you know, obviously it's towards the end, but we have been through the ringer with Frankie and seeing how much she has just been used and cast aside and walked over. And the whole time, even through all of it, even through everybody treating her like trash, she is desperate, just desperate for her family's acceptance, love, anything that will really prove that she would, you know, belong with them. She would sacrifice and she does all of it to be part of their family. Like there's a part earlier in the book when Frankie and Nate go to actual court in the movie. It's, it's a joking, like in the diner scene with the judge and they kind of do this little, like give us your advice. But in the book, it's a literal court date and she has it said, it's like the first of the dates that they're going to use to decide who really owns the land at Sorrento ranch. And so obviously she can't miss it. It's a court date, but her brother's, one of them is deployed and is coming home on leave and the other two are driving out to go get him. And at one moment, she thinks that one of the brothers is going to ask her to go along. So they have this big reunion, but it's the day of the court date. And so she, in her mind, she's like, I would say yes, I would give it up. I would give up my chance at Sorrento. I would give everything. I would, I would give up anything to be on that road trip with them and to welcome him home. And he doesn't ask her and she's devastated and I'm devastated for her. But she, so she, you know, you know, immediately very early on that she would give it all up if she could be a part of her family again. So in the book, her grandfather comes to her after the win. Well, actually, again, spoiler alert, 
he lays claim to her win and says, no, she did that on my land. That's actually mine. And kind of forces the judges to kind of investigate. And they have this like one-on-one talk where basically he's like, if you don't do this, I'm going to lose everything and your aunt's going to lose everything. And basically everything's going to implode. And she's so just fine, resigned. She gives in, she says yes. And my heart broke for her. Like I was literally crying that entire scene because it's not only would it help them, but she knows that if she would keep her win and just be like, nope, you lost out on me when you kicked me out of the family, it would cause a new divide on Nate's family. And at this point, she's realizing her feelings for him and she realizes that she still loves her family regardless. And her decision here is either going to hurt her family or hurt Nate, you know, and so she's just in this like really tough place. And so when she finally says, yes, I'll do it, I'll, I'll relinquish my win for, you know, the family that kicked me out. It's devastating. I was so heartbroken for her, like crying (laughs) in the movie. I really enjoyed the fact that at that time, you know, when it's happening, you see the camera keeps cutting to Nate because he's recognizing something's happening. Something's happening. Frankie's buzzing around the room. She's already won. What is happening? People are talking to her. Like he catches on very quickly that something's happening. And so, you know, it comes out, um, you know, that, oh, she gave the win to her dad because, you know, her dad's in financial trouble with the, with the wineries, part of it burned down. So it's, it's still moving and it's still a great scene in terms of showing how she would sacrifice stuff for her family, but it's really not as devastating because there's not, there's not the tie-in of like Nate's family and all of her past, like coming forward. It's just kind of like, yes, I'm going to help my dad. Of course I am. It still works in the movie, but it's like I said, it's just not as desperate. Um, and in both in both the book and the movie, Nate plays a part in helping her still win at the end. Again, in the book, it's a little bit more detailed. Nate's a little bit more tricky about it. <laughs> and it all works out really, really satisfying in the book. But again, you get more space in the book to, just like any other book, to let these things breathe and to bring in all kinds of detail that just wouldn't work in the movie. And so I get it. Um, but yeah, it's that sacrifice in the book. Whew. Y'all, if you read this, be ready. So there's always a time when I'm reading the book and I'm like, oh man, this would have been a great scene in the movie and vice versa. When I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh, this would have been a great in the book. So let's talk book first. As I'm reading the book, there are two things that stuck out at me that I would have loved to see on screen. And one of them is the alpaca. So in the movie, I believe it's a llama, which they make a joke in the in the book because somebody calls it a, a llama and then she's like, alpaca. <laughs> but the alpaca in in the movie or in the book is called mittens, just like in the book. So it's mittens. Um, mittens plays a huge part in the book. He's part comic relief, part sounding board. He's also a mirror to what's happening on the ranch, like in the overall emotional state between like Frankie and and Nate, because when Frankie's upset at Nate, Mittens will act out when 
<laughs> when Nate is sad, you know, Frankie, I mean, Frankie Mittens will like go and like hide out. Like Mittens is like constantly like the emotional like thermometer for everybody or barometer for everybody. And it's very funny. He has some of the best scenes. And when we first meet Frankie, we meet her fighting with Mittens, like literally like I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> And he's going around tearing stuff up and they end up in the mud together. And that's when we first meet Nate. That's their like meet cutest. He's seen her in the mud fighting with an alpaca. It's hilarious. It's it's one of the best chapter ones in a romance novel I've read in a long time. So I would have really liked to have seen more with Mittens because eventually, um, I mean, I know that's difficult to pull off in the movie, but eventually they both like really like latch onto him and they build him a little home and he like becomes part of the family. It's so cute. So that would have been fun. Just a few more scenes with Mittens. Um, but there's also a scene in the book when Nate and Frankie are alone, of course, being horny for each other, of course. But no, they're actually starting to realize they have feelings for each other and things are getting a little bit like more I don't want to say romantic because that makes it sound like everything else is like dirty or something just a little bit more intense right um and they're kind of like really close to each other and they've just kissed and they're just pulled away just enough from each other and they're kind of like in that whisper mode where you're like really close to somebody you know and she says you know kind of whispering like wow when you when you kiss me like that I forget that I'm supposed to hate you and he's like, he whispers back, he's like, you don't hate me. And she's like, yes, I do. And then they kiss again. And I'm totally underselling it because in the book, it's like magical. And that would have been, I know you can't have kisses like that in Hallmark. This is pre two kiss Hallmark. This 2016 was when you only get the one kiss at the end. Now you can maybe get one mid movie. Hello. But this was pre that, so we won't, we would not get this mid movie kiss. But still, that would have been nice to see because it was hot. Um, but okay, so in the movie, there's a couple of things in the movie that I think would have been fun in the book. Like, obviously, you can't go back and rewrite a book, but still, I'm like, ooh, that would have been good in the book. So, <laughs> in the movie, when they first get to the ranch and their first. they're first both living there and they're both trying to you know harvest not harvest but work their own grapes there's a lot of spying that's going on there's like and it's hilarious because they're constantly like watching each other and trying to like sneak around and see what the other's doing but when Nate brings out that drone and flies it on Frankie's side and starts chasing her with it. And she's running through the vines, like freaked out. I, yeah, I lost it. I thought that was, <laughs> I'd forgotten about that scene. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> we don't get a lot of that in the book because it's, uh, yes, they are sharing the ranch. Yes, they're trying to see who really has true ownership of it. But it's a lot less competitive the way they set it up in the movie. Like in the movie, it's funny. Um, it's a rom-com. Of course it is. Um but yeah, we don't we don't get these little cutesy, quirky, let's fight each other, <laughs> like in the movie. Um, and then also in the movie, I really enjoyed the judge a lot more. I get it. 
it's the setup for them to be on the ranch together in the book. The judge orders them to live at the ranch together. It's not a choice. They have to. So I get it. That's the way to force proximity, get them together. It works. I don't, I don't have any problems with it, but I do like the way in the movie it's the judges at the diner and they go and hold quote unquote court (laughs) in the diner booth and try and get him to like help settle the matter. And he's, you know, giving them advice on how to handle it instead of it being like a, you know, a true court order. But when he yells order in the diner, (laughs) that was just perfect. I loved it. Um, The only thing is, is in this scene in the book where it is the judge and it is the real courtroom, that's really the beginning of where Nate sees how alone Frankie is because he's got his team of lawyers. Like they're millionaires. They have their ranches very like their winery and their whole business is very successful on the DeLuca side where Frankie is alone, literally alone. She has no lawyers. She has no support system. She's at her side of the courtroom all by herself at that table. And it has one of those scenes where like Nate, you know, he doesn't understand why he has the achy chest and he starts to rub his chest and you're like, because you're in love, sir. And you just don't know it. And it's the best. And it's one of my, I love that in a romance book. So, all right, y'all. So let's get to the brass tacks here, which was better. I mean, are y'all going to be surprised if I say the book at this point? I don't think you should be. I mean, I got to go with the book. That's not to say I didn't enjoy the movie because I did. And it really did. It held up on my rewatch. But like I said before, now that I've read the book and fell in love with both Frankie, who I would legit die for, and Nate and all of his pining, I can't not not pick the book. I mean, like I already have all the other <laughs> I already have all the other seven in the series because the St. Helena series, the first five, I think they're all on Kindle Unlimited. So yeah, that's happening. Um, but again, that's not to say I didn't like the movie. I just, I got to go with the book on this one. The pining, y'all, I'm a sucker for pining. I'm a sucker for angsty pining and long lost crushes where people don't realize they've been crushing on each other. I just, I eat it up. So All right, y'all, that's going to do it for this episode of Which Was Better. Tell me, first of all, have you read any, have you read this book? Have you read any of this series? Have you seen this movie? What do you think about it? And again, what do you think about this solo episode? How are you feeling about it? I kind of like it. I think it's fun. Um, But I want to hear your thoughts. And Speaking of solo episodes, my last bonus episode that came out last week, you guys were amazing. You guys, your messages, your retweets, like all the support, it really meant a lot to me. I was so nervous to put that out by myself. My anxiety was literally at like an 11 and to see you guys come out for it, I yeah, thank you. It really meant a lot. So... All right. So yeah, tell me what you think. Shoot me a a message or hit me up on Twitter and Facebook. You can follow the pod at which was better. And of course, all of this, you know, all the episodes, links to where to listen, links to our socials, book reviews, all of that are on the website, which was better.com. 
So that's it. And thank you guys again for listening. And I will see you next time.